can make the world a better place around you because of what has been deposited on the inside. It's time now for Dominate and Reign, the show that helps you level up, transform, and live your best life. Join us each week as Derek shares kingdom concepts that will challenge your thinking and revolutionize every facet of your life. Now here's your host, Derek Thomas. Well, what's up, everybody? It's me. We're going to have a great time on the episode here today. The Dominate and Reign podcast. I do appreciate you for tuning in and sharing with us. We're going to dive right into this. I'm going to be talking about today how to be more productive in 2020. This is the second installment of this series to kick off the new year. We want you to have a great year, and I know that you want to have a great year and be more productive than you have ever been in your life so that you can achieve the desired results that you have. Let me recap very quickly the first three principles that we covered for uh, productivity are, number one, unproductive people are creatively unproductive. We talked about that in the last uh, installment. Number two, you have to prepare to succeed. If you want to be productive in 2020, then preparation is paramount. It's very important if you're going to accomplish uh, the goals that you have set for 2020. And then number three, we talked about the fact that laziness is ultimately destructive. It will destroy your goals. It will destroy your plans. And even though you have great expectations, you will not achieve those things if laziness is a factor. So today we're going to pick up with number four, and I do want to apologize for the hoarseness of my voice, but we've been doing a lot of speaking and um, uh, it is just the natural progression, but that will not stop us or hinder us in any way. Let's dive right into this. Number four, the fourth principle for productivity that I'd like to give you is a very simple concept. Be in the right place. At the right time. In other words, be where you're supposed to be doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. If you're off work and that day you want to rest, then take time to rest. If you're going to accomplish some things around the house, then do those things. If you've carved out some time to read a book, then read a book. But whatever you're supposed to be doing and wherever that activity is taking place, then be there. A surfer is not surfing and riding the waves if he's not where the water is, the right amount of water. (laughs) So just be in the right place at the right time. Ruth Bleach tells a, a fantastic story about a woman named Dorothy Fletcher who had a heart attack on a flight to Orlando, Florida sometime in 2003. She recalls how the flight attendant nervously spoke through the cabin microphone and asked if any doctors were aboard the plane. 
15 cardiologists stood up. <laughs> what a response to an urgent call. 15 heart specialists stood up. All who were on their way to a medical conference. Needless to say, this, this woman survived her terrible ordeal. And was the benefactor of doctors who were in the right place at the right time. Can you imagine what would have happened if those doctors were lazy and just decided to skip the conference? She may have not survived uh, that heart attack aboard that plane. There's an old Jewish proverb that says the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. I think an overlooked principle of productivity is merely just being where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing. The lazy person, the sluggard, due to his or her laziness, does not plow when the plowing is supposed to be done. They're not plowing in season. And can justifiably expect a harvest during harvest time. But they won't receive the harvest at harvest time because they were not in the right place at the right time doing what they were supposed to be doing at that moment. If you are where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, it protects your future and it minimizes jeopardy. See, that old uh, Jewish writer uh, gives a fitting example of, of, of this concept. When the farmer is supposed to be plowing up the fields, but perhaps that farmer was watching TV or perhaps that farmer was doing something else. Then the great expectations and even the needs that he had uh, for, for harvest would not come even though he had great expectations. There's a story about an old king and the king. Uh, it was the time when the kings were supposed to be out at battle, strategizing and and contemplating war, training their soldiers and their captains and generals and so on and so forth. But there was one particular king who did not go out to battle during that time. And when he didn't go out to battle, he stayed behind doing whatever it was that was in his hands to do. Everyone else was busy on the battlefield, preparing for battle, leading troops and waging war. But this particular king was at home. And while he was there, he went out on his balcony and he saw a very beautiful woman. Across the way at her home, maybe on her balcony or whatever the case may be. And so he calls in one of his guys, one of his servants, and he says, yo, who is this out there? Who is this beautiful woman that I see? And his his assistant tells him, he says, uh, oh, king, listen, that's Uriah's wife. You know, Uriah, he's one. He, he fights in your in the army that you have. And this king commenced a plot and a plan to take this man's wife. And to make a long story short, to cover up his plan, he ended up 
you know, having this guy creatively killed in a very unique way at his own hand. He took the letter that put him in front of the battle and he died. And there were many terrible repercussions that took place after that, after that one act of negligence, after that one selfish act, there was a chain reaction that had many bad repercussions. Let me ask you a question. If one act of negligence can set off a chain reaction that can hurt your future, Just imagine what being in the right place at the right time can do. Imagine the many benefits that that can that can flood your life if you're where you're supposed to be doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. I think that's an awesome concept for productivity and it will keep us in balance. It will keep us in harmony with our goals with the future plans that we have set forth, with the strategies that we have implemented for success. Just being in the right place, at the right time, doing the right things. (laughs) Number five, the fifth principle for productivity that I'd like to give you in 2020 is, is, is something dear to my heart, but it's simply... Keep your eyes on the prize. You may have heard the story um, about a marathon runner from Tanzania who finished dead last in the 1968 Olympics that was held in, uh, I think, Mexico City. No last place finisher in a marathon ever finished quite so last. He was injured along the way, and he hobbled into the stadium with his leg bloodied and bandaged more than an hour after the rest of the runners had completed the race. Only a few spectators uh, were still left in the stands when this man valiantly, finally crossed the finish line. When asked why he continued to run despite the pain, he replied, my country didn't send me to Mexico City to start the race. Watch me now. They sent me here to finish. His story is not so different from many of our stories. We, too, must keep our eyes on the prize. Folks, in order to be productive, one must continue to work while remaining focused, laser focused on the ultimate goal. Another proverb uh, uh, teaches us that whoever tends the fig tree will eat its fruit. (laughs) Whoever watches it, takes care of it, looks for the harvest is where you be at, you know, where you must be at the right time when the harvest comes forth. If you care for your orchard or your goals or your plans, you'll enjoy it in the end. If you honor your boss, you'll be honored. You know, just take care of the right things when you're supposed to take care of it. The principle is clear. Whatever you diligently work will eventually produce for you. 
In other words, if you work it, it will work. Why does an orchardist tend the trees when there are no fruit on the tree at, at any given time? Because that individual knows that if he just takes care of the tree, it will soon produce in due season. To keep your eyes on the prize this year, you must understand what the payoff is. Do you know the ultimate goal that you desire to achieve? Do you understand what it takes to reach it, to finish it? For example, if the harvest uh, that you desire is apples, then do what's necessary to produce an environment that will produce apples. If the goal is to publish a book, then commit to writing so many pages per day. And at the end of that time, you'll have a book to edit. Starting is not most people's problem, I think. Staying committed and finishing is. To be productive, do not allow anything or anyone to hinder you from working towards your goals. While I'm at it, let me give you three essential keys to remaining focused on your goals. And we'll hit these very quickly. Just three, three very quick things. If you're listening, commit them to memory. If you're driving and you can't jot down any notes, but if you are taking notes, write these very carefully because this is important. To remain focused or to, to, to get the job done, focus on your purpose, number one. Keep your purpose in mind. Number two, focus on your plan. Focus on your plan, your strategy. And number three, focus on your daily priorities that will help you to get the job done. So, again, three things, uh, three P's, okay? Purpose, plan, and priorities. Focus on your purpose, focus on your plan, focus on your priorities. It'll help you get the job done. It will help you to remain focused in 2020. No matter what month it is, no matter what week it is, no matter what day it is, or even the moment, if you can keep these things before you, you'll stay or remain on track. Let me give you number six. The sixth principle for remaining productive in 2020. Now, this is a big one. <laughs> this is something that I think that gets all of us on our best day. We are susceptible to number six. OK, so get ready for this. And it may make you laugh at yourself when you begin to hear some of these uh, uh, keys that I set forth on number six here, because it, it surely made me laugh. And when I saw the, the technical aspect of this, I, I couldn't fathom the amount of time that I waste. Number six, eliminate distractions. Eliminate Distractions. In the book, uh, Nehemiah Learning to Lead, there is a story uh, that was given about the great Yogi Berra. 
you know, the, the well-known catcher for the New York Yankees. And this particular story was concerning uh, he and uh, Hank Aaron, the great home run hitter uh, at that time for the Milwaukee Braves. The teams were playing in, in the World Series, and as usual, uh, if you've read anything about Yogi, he was, he was chattering. He was talking a lot of trash and just, just being Yogi Berra. So he wanted to pep up his teammates uh, and distract the Milwaukee batters on, on the other hand. As Aaron comes up to the plate, he grabs his bat firmly. And Yogi tried to distract him by saying, Henry, you're holding the bat wrong. You're supposed to hold it so you can read the trademark. And Aaron didn't say anything. But when the very next pitch came across the plate, he hit it into the left field bleachers. After rounding the bases and tagging up at home plate, Aaron looked over in Yogi Berra's direction and he said, I didn't come up here to read. <laughs> in other words, he was saying, I'm not here to read. I'm here to hit this out the park. He eliminated the distraction by understanding what his purpose was at that very moment. What his goal was at that very moment. I'm reminded about Winston Churchill who said, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks at you. Principles of productivity are simple when we can master the skill of eliminating distractions. Every fresh idea that pops into your mind is not meant to be pursued. For preachers in a sermon, every accompanying scripture does not have to be read. I describe that this way when, when doing public speaking. I call it chasing rabbits. <laughs> you know, why chase rabbits when you're watching birds, when you're bird watching? The farmer who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. But he who followeth vain people is void of understanding. The one who stays on the job has food on his table. But the person who chases whims and fancies will starve to death. In other words, just stay focused on the matter at hand. Listen, listen, listen to me. To be productive this year. Eliminate the distractions. Stay on point. Stay on track. Watch me now. Stay on the job until it's finished. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. We all are, are susceptible to getting distracted. It doesn't take much to distract us. But I think the more prudent question is, how long does it take to get back on track? In, in, the, in his timely book, Your Brain at Work, okay? Studies suggest that after an interruption, it takes about 25 minutes to get back to the original task. Let me say that again. After you are interrupted when you are, 
when you are focused on a job, when you're thinking about strategy, when you're doing your work, whatever that may be, after the interruption takes place. Now, this is your brain at work. After the interruption takes place, it takes about 25 minutes to return to what you were doing in a focused way. So the question is now, how many times are you distracted in one day? If you're distracted once, then it's only going to take you about 25 minutes to get back on track. But what if you're distracted four times? What if you're distracted six times while working? It takes that much longer for you to get back where you need to be. Focused and, and, and in a place where you can complete the matter, complete the job at hand. How often do we answer the phone when we should be working? How often do we text someone or reply to a text or an email when we should be reading, when we should be focused. Social media <laughs> may just be the most significant distraction of our generation. From the White House to your house, social media may be the easiest thing to get us off track. One uh, tech person says social media not only snatches your time, but it also teaches you attention deficiency. <laughs> Whether it's social media or or any other form of distraction, there is no time to waste. You're put here on the planet for a reason, for a specific purpose. And none of us know the day, the hour or the moment that we will leave this planet. I was talking to a very good friend of mine last night, and he told me about um, a situation he had back in September of 2019. And he said he was sitting at his desk, and it was a very light moment, and he was laughing with another uh, police officer. And he said he felt something in his chest, and it felt like heartburn. And he looked at me and he said, he said, Derek, listen, you know, I was asking for a Coke because I felt like if I could just burp that I would be OK. And he said uh, that is his friend, his co-worker looked at him and said, no, you're not OK. And they called the ambulance. And as the paramedics were rushing him to the hospital, they said, listen, you are beyond a Coke here. And he gets to the hospital and they said, we have to, we got a couple of options. And they explained the options to him. And they said, yo, listen, uh, you're going to need surgery. And of course, he chose, uh, you know, by the grace of God, he chose the right thing. And he had the procedure done the very next morning. Uh, he had heart surgery. They had to cut him open to save his life. We don't know. When we're going to leave here. And so we don't have time to waste. That doesn't mean that you don't have time to joke around. And it doesn't mean you don't have time to have fun. It doesn't mean that you don't have time to rest or go on vacation. No. All I'm saying is, is do the right thing at the right time. If you're resting, rest. 
and don't allow anything to distract you from resting. If you're working, then work and don't allow anything to distract you from working. This is what will keep us. This is what will protect our future. This is what will eliminate these distractions in our lives. It'll help us get the job done. Our creator, again, put us here for a specific purpose. And it's important for you to discover what that reason is, what that purpose is. And then when you discover that, do it with all your heart. Do it with all your mind and all your strength. Until you get the job done. Come on now, work while it's day because there's going to come a time when no one will be able to work. So we got to get we got to get to work. That's not doing busy work. That's not, you know, that's not just wasting time or doing frivolous things. No, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, in fact, calls it fluff work. (laughs) That's not doing fluff work. It's just being on point. It's being on purpose. It's keeping my eyes on the prize. It's helping me to eliminate distractions in my life in this very moment. Okay? It's vitally important to do this. If you're going to be productive, if you're going to change the world in 2020, if you're going to make a difference, and listen to me, this is why we're here. You are here to add value to this place while you're here. And the value that you add should remain even when you're gone. The ideas, the great ideas that you have had, the area of your expertise and your gifting, those things should remain in the lives of those that you've impacted. We should know that you've been here. I tell people all the time, if I move away from a particular area or from a particular job or course of action, the people who remain should miss me. They should miss me from being there in person. But they should have me. They should have my ideas. They should have certain things that I've left behind because I've made a difference in someone's life. That's that's key. So I want to leave you with that thought today that you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose and you've been given talents. You have gifts. You have abilities that all work in concert to help you to fulfill that purpose in your life. And it is paramount that you discover what that is. Now, that's something that I do. I help people discover their purpose. I help people to walk in their gifts. To put it simply, I cause learning that helps people to do what they are placed here to do. That's that's my gift. That's my purpose. That's why I am here. Okay. so in these last few moments here uh, today, I want you to just contemplate. Contemplate why you're here, the significance of your being, the gifts, the talents, the abilities you have, your frame of mind, the context of your life. 
and realize that 2020 is important because you have to make a difference. I trust that this was a blessing to you today. Listen, we're going to do this again on next week. We're going to start with number seven next week. And uh, we're going to finish this thing out. We'll do three or four at a time as we do each week. And we're going to take January as it comes. Okay. I want you to have a great week this week and look to make a difference in someone's life. Because that is why you're here. You are here to dominate and reign. And I'm here to help you do that. I'll talk to you next week. Peace and blessings. Thanks for listening to Dominate and Reign. Check out our website at DerekBThomas.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Remember, from all of us to all of you, there is more to life than meets the eye.